Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The March Ball. Hello there, Levi Solicitors bring you the podcast with 10% discount on your legal fees available via levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. Michael Normanton's with me. Hello. So is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Don't you hate these end of season dead rubbers where there's just nothing at stake but the whole soul of football? Well. I'm all for a, a meaningless game, to be honest. I want to see far more. Just, just non-stop. Endless games with the same teams playing each other for no discernible reason. But that wasn't one of those, was it? Because it was Leeds United against Liverpool for the final time ever. (laughs) So it was nice that we got a point out of it, at least, I suppose. Was it the final time ever? Or is it one great big bluff by those set of six slash 12 bastards? Who knows at this stage? It feels like they might be serious about it this time around. I know there's been a lot of, of bluff in the past. It feels like they've got They've had a word with banks and stuff this time. It seems like they they might mean it. And if they do, yeah. Should we just get them to fuck off and leave us all alone? It's an option, certainly. Although quite, I, I like playing Liverpool, though, I've got to be honest. We spent years not playing them, and then we got promoted and thought, oh, that's nice, we'll get to renew some of these rivalries, and then they're, gonna, they're trying to leave again straight away, which would be a shame. But... Um, I did go to Ellen Road tonight, at least. Mm, Experienced yeah. a bit of atmosphere. Yep, we saw some people down there shouting at a coach. So that was nice. Uh, I don't think Jurgen Klopp was that impressed by all that stuff, but... Fuck him. Yeah, I suppose so. Are you ready to bid Liverpool farewell, Moscow? I don't know if they're ready to go. They've got a website, got a logo, and they have spoken to the banks, but it does all seem quite vague. Nobody told Jurgen Klopp, which is why he doesn't like the T-shirts and all, all that. He's very upset about not knowing things, I've just been glancing at the stuff from what players of the clubs involved have been saying. None of them seem to know anything about it. The plans are half-arsed. And so it would be kind of funny to make them go through with it. Go on. <laughs> See if you can turn that into something. That The bit that, that gives it away for me is, you know, where it says, um, oh, we'll start a women's league as well. All right, go on then. Start it with Liverpool the women's team, which are terrible and don't get into the men's training ground and, and not Leon who dominate women's football like like anything going, like Liverpool and Manchester City dominate the, the men's league. They haven't thought any I, of that I hope through. I suggesting the women were an afterthought in this in this plan to make loads of money. I think the, the plan has probably not gone further than there's loads of money there. Who says? 
that bank, JP Morgan. All right. What's the downside? Well, we get loads of money. Okay, let's do it. And that's it. I am, I am closer to your opinion on this. I'm not entirely convinced it's got as much substance to it as they would have you think. It's a website, isn't it, at the minute, and a PR firm, and yeah. a lot of noise from people in prominent positions, and that's it, really. And when Manchester City and Chelsea were sort of dragged into it at the back end of last week, they've obviously been talking about it longer, but not convinced, and kind of being pulled in along the lines of, well, you might miss out if we do this, so you want to be in with us and kind of going, all right, then, do we, what do we have to do? Put this on your website, all right? And there's a, it'll be interesting to see whether clubs like whether Manchester City or Chelsea are maybe the ones who are a weak on this, who when they see the, the backlash, when they see nobody in Germany going for it, when they see the protests um, at Elland Road tonight and they hear the reaction from their own players, maybe even their manager if he's not, had a, any consultation about it? If they might be the ones to go, sorry, yeah, we 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 won't. But then, you know, it does. Um, it does. Why feel, should we take them back? Yeah, it does feel to me like what they've done is aimed squarely at the Champions League, but they are totally trying to have their cake and eat it at the same time. It's just the assumption that we're going to do this thing over here, and you're all going to be fine with that, aren't you? You're going to be fine with us just going off and earning and even if loads you're not, more money than the rest of you. Even if you're not fine, we're so powerful. You're just going to have to suck it up and have us back anyway. Mm. I, I've gone through various stages with this over the last 24 hours of wanting them just immediately thrown out to thinking, well, maybe you could throw out those versions of those clubs and just invite in some new teams. You FC, said, FC United of Manchester are waiting to step right in. Exactly. What? You just say, well, if you guys, you can get a te- if you can get a team together, the place is yours. It's, and- it's up to you. Man, I'm afraid the Glazers... You've lost all your money that you put in, which is a shame. You can try your European thing, and that might it might work out. You might make your money back on that equally. Uh, you might not. And in much the same way that the franchise system does work, it tends to filter out teams that are too close together. There's no need for a new Phoenix club from both Arsenal and Tottenham. So just have one. Stick it at Wembley. The Dublin Hotspurs. Yeah. Go down a storm over there. FC North London, who play in, I don't know, where can they play? Should we have them play in China? Somewhere like that? Just for shits and giggles? I think that's what these people want, isn't it? I think they, they'd rather be playing games in China and than, uh, than playing in London in the first place. It would be, forcing them to actually do it would be interesting because I think they'd fuck it up quite badly. They're not clever people. They can, they can act clever, but look at Arsenal. Look at how Arsenal have been run for the last 10 years or so. Arsenal had absolutely everything. I don't know what more... Arsenal could possibly want or need to be a successful football club in terms of finances, playing staff, the stadium, the training ground, the history, the prestige, everything is there. Any player in the world would love to play for Arsenal, so they, all they have to do is is sign them and, and play them. And they they fuck it up season after season and they're, they're ninth. They go into this thing. They're not going to do any better. They'll still be ninth. They'll just be ninth in a smaller league and look worse. But they'll have the guarantee of, of money so they won't go broke paying Meza Ozil to not play for them. <laughs> it's And that's, you know, where it's all come from. The, I don't understand with the people running these football clubs. They don't, if they want the money, stop giving it all to the players. That's why Real Madrid are mil, a, a billion pounds in debt. That's why um, Arsenal can't function as a football club anymore. It's because they keep paying ridiculous wages to... Footballers, Real Madrid giving half a million pound a week to Gareth Bale to play golf. Why not stop doing that and then you save some money 
and then you don't need all this money from the banks and then it kind of it, you can just stay playing in this league instead of coming up with this but all that's going to happen if they get so much more money they'll just give all the players involved huge pay rises because the things that they might have to turn down if FIFA come through with the the harsh punishments say right none of those players can play international football look at Harry Kane say right you're not going to be able to play at the World Cup Captain England to winning a World Cup okay well you're going to have to pay me a billion pounds a week a week <laughs> but you're going to have to pay me a million pounds a week to not do that say oh well that's that's all the money that we're getting from JP Morgan right give it to me otherwise yeah. Yeah, I'm, nice. I'm right. cancelling my contract and fucking off so all they, they just it seems like these they don't they, learn do they? the figures just get bigger they all seem like yeah they all seem like smart people running these football clubs but all they seem to do as a job is take loads of money off broadcasters and then put some of their money on top and then give it all to 20-year-old footballers and need to do the actual test and see who has made more money out of Manchester United, whether it's Ed Woodward or Harry Maguire. Who gets paid more by that football club? Because I would not be surprised if Harry Maguire is ahead on pounds and he's fucking rubbish. I guess going into a small, closed-off ecosystem, they may try and introduce a wage cap, which which then essentially builds in a guaranteed profit for club owners. And, they, and if they know that they're going to be paying far more than other leagues then they can maybe get away with having a wage cap because you, the wage cap becomes like a million pounds a week. So you can't, you can't tell been, us that, that they've thought this through. They've all been... No. And lots of them are the clubs who've been fighting against FFP anyway. A wage cap is the last thing that they're interested in. They want the freedom to spend all the money that they can possibly get their hands on, which is what they've been doing. And, they're and fucking it, always go, it. it always goes to players. You're, you're yeah, absolutely exactly. Right, so yeah. I don't see the point. If they did, the way for them to solve their, their problems is actually to bring in a wage cap. If, if every club across football was capped at salaries of 70% of turnover and then you pay, um, put the players on low salaries but high bonuses paid out of how much you make and you can make as much money as you fucking want, get all the money you can from JP Morgan and Disney and whoever else, do all that stuff, do your documentaries and your image rights and everything, shovel all that in but make sure you never give more than 70% of it to the players. You can still build a better team than anybody else and you can keep 30% and live like kings and queens. But it just, but then you say, oh, well, no, I mean, that would be a restriction on uh, on, on our sporting. Well, is it helpful to you to lose a billion pounds and then have to tear up all of European football because you can't come up with a better solution to being a billion pounds in, the, in debt than this? No, I, I absolutely agree with you on the same page on that it will all just filter to the players because that's what always happens the market and they don't Christ, even want it the, the slogan the slogan for the bloody league the your slogan for your stupid league is the best players and the best teams so well how are you going to put together this Harlem Globetrotter scenario you'll just give them all the money won't you essentially yep and it'll all go and in, in Liverpool if they if they need more money they could sell Mo Salah and get someone like Ian Pervader on the bench because he's just as good oh, and he's... he probably earns about 15 grand a week rather than like 150, 200 grand a week. That's that's a way of saving money. And on the players, Pat Bamford has been speaking about after the game, but I think James Milner is probably more relevant. He says, I can only say, I can only say my own opinion. <laughs> I don't like it and I hope it doesn't happen for the same reasons as everyone else. So James Milner, I mean, I know he's, you know, he's 40 odd now, so he's not going to have a long career in this uh, Super League, but he is a player who could benefit and he doesn't want it because he's fine. He's made enough money. It is getting that. But Messi, does Messi want more money from Barcelona or does he want to finally 
kill the pigeon that he's been chasing of winning the Argentina, winning the World Cup with Argentina, so he can finally say he is as good as Maradona. What what at this point does billionaire Lionel Messi need more? A pay a pay rise and a bunch of fucking cameras in his even more in his face than they are now, or the sporting challenge that still exists for him. And the 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 other side to this that we're not um focusing on as much is sort of Leeds place in the world. And I think one of the things that is bringing this about is clubs like Leeds, owners like Andrea Ratrizzani, and also clubs like Leicester, who he wants to imitate, who are actually what I was saying before about, you know, spending within your means and doing a good, a good job of it, are starting to become a threat to these clubs because there's now enough money in the Premier League and has been for long enough that a team like Southampton can actually start building quite a good squad. They sell Van Dyke. They put that money into players. Leicester sell Harry Maguire. Who did better out of Harry Maguire? Leicester did. They built half a team out of him. Now they're back into the top four. And so clubs with some nous and some sense and some control over what they're spending and what they're doing are starting to creep up and are above Arsenal and Tottenham and Chelsea and Liverpool. And so all those clubs, instead of going, oh, well, you know, the way this new generation of owners, perhaps they've got some interesting ideas about how to run a football club that doesn't involve just burning money. Instead of doing that, they've just gone, well, there's some money over there. Should we go and burn that and just <laughs> and actually, cut these guys out of it? If we burn that money, we can burn everything else that's around us as well. We can leave a, like a trail of destruction in our wake because if we don't get that money over there, that's what we're going to do. So what's really instructive about this whole thing, um, I was trying to find you know, a common thread of the teams that have done this. What's the single common factor? And it's turnover. It's down to turnover. And the the one that singles that out is Tottenham because Tottenham have got absolutely no right to be in there whatsoever. The only reason they are in there is because they're in the top 20 clubs with turnover in Europe. And they are there by virtue of the fact that they have a stadium that cost them a billion pounds to build and they're probably massively in debt and need to pay for that. And that's the only reason they think they've got a claim on that Super League because they happened to have taken the decision to build a stadium in the last few years. That is the only reason. They got to a Champions League final a few years ago, didn't they? That yeah. was That's really the sum total of what they've done in Europe or domestically. since For 50 years. Since, oh, the, they since the 1960s. Well, they, won so. the, they won the FA Cup, didn't they? But, but that, Yeah, but FA Cup, Wigan won the FA Cup. Are they going in there? Portsmouth have won it. Do they get, a, were they, did they get a call? Well, were maybe they the, one of the ones that turned it down? In, they're in three, who, not, who knows? The secret three. So oh. I mean, Spurs are, Spurs are not a successful club. Yeah. All those clubs are fucked. That's the thing. Jonathan Liu in the, the Guardian summed it up and I, I shoved this in the propaganda email tonight. Barcelona, £1 billion in debt facing one of the biggest financial crises in their history. Real Madrid couldn't afford a single big signing last summer. Juventus have to find £100 million by the end of June. Inter's owners sought emergency funding in February. You're right, Spurs are £600 million in debt over that stadium. That's why... And then Liverpool, the problem, the risk is Liverpool is they might not get into the, the Champions League. And that's where it all, that's the, the kind of justification for it. And what Juventus are talking about is saying, well, we can't plan our finances properly because we don't know if we're going to be in the Champions League or not. So how can we possibly, you know, if there's a risk that we might not qualify, how can we plan for how much money we're going to spend? And it doesn't seem to occur to them the world don't plan to spend money that you might not get instead imagine risk and jeopardy being a part of football as well so instead you you remove all that and you just make you just say and it's there that the founders get all the money just for turning up and that the prize money is going to be i think the figures were something like you get 350 million euros for for being a founder and part of it 
And if you're one of these mythical five qualifiers who gets in, say Leicester get in and then Leicester win it, the, the prize money is 30 million. Yeah, it's, it's half what the founders make. Yeah, it's done. fuck all compared to what they get, just to make sure. But it's, And then you're not guaranteed re-entry either. No. And then, but Mental. The, the, the guaranteed thing is you get that 350 million a season essentially just for existing. So that means you can sensibly plan your finances and plan exactly how you're going to burn it, whether it's matches or lighter, petrol, whatever accelerant you, you choose to use. The, and that's why Manchester City and Chelsea are slow to add themselves to this pile because they're kind of like, well, we don't need it. We've got all the money we fucking need. And I'm sure there'll be some element of that with PSG taking the moral high ground, saying that, you know, there's two things that one, their, uh, their chairman's great mates with everyone at UEFA. And two, it's like, well, we're fine for money, actually. We're, we're all right. We've, we've got the Qatar. I don't know if you, you're aware. So they're gas fields. Yeah, we're, 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 we're all right for, for ready cash. Um, and Bayern Munich as well. There's, there aren't, these aren't clubs with particular financial problems. So they're like, we don't need it. City, well, we'll come along if, if, you, if you say it's going to be this good. Well, we don't want to miss out. But then there is a core of the clubs who are driving it who are absolutely fucked. And that's why mm. they, they want to get themselves back on this even keel. And it's not an even keel. I mean, it, I don't even think that the, the concept will, will work. I know there's a lot about future fans versus legacy fans and that people will want star players in the future. And there might be some of that, but it's not going to be, it's just going to be a reality TV show, isn't it? I'll tell you how Liverpool could have showed themselves a bit more cash, though, would be by winning this game because then they'd have been pushing to the top four, the normal top four, wouldn't yeah. they? But they but didn't bother. Earn it. We And we earned a point tonight, which might earn us more. Premier League millions. Tell you what, they didn't even get a free T-shirt. They refused <laughs> that gift. Tell you what, let's um, just put a pin in this one for now. When we'll revisit it properly on the main podcast, which we're recording on Wednesday this week, it will to, probably have all changed as well. By yeah, then. due to the due to the mess around with the fixtures on a Monday night. Let's um, let's revisit it on Wednesday when we do the main show. But before we um, get into the actual football in the second half of this one, just sum it up for me in a few words or a sentence as you see it right now. Even a word. Kick the greedy bastards out. Relegate them, deduct them points, make them play in their pants. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There was some football tonight and it did have a little bit of a feeling of after the Lord Mayor's parade about it, after the massive hoo-ha over the last 24 hours. But uh, a good point in the end, I thought. 
A righteous point. <laughs> That's what I'm it. Did it for the pyramid, didn't we? Did it for the integrity of the game. Um, standard bearers, Leeds United, and all that. Uh, you know, looking at it versus the game that we started the season with, that we obviously won on the opening day, etc. It's nice to see we've progressed. And again, it's reflected in what's happening against Man City, what's happening Got worse. against Leicester. We won on the opening day. We've only drawn now. <laughs> but you know what I mean, Moscow. Play the game. Um, we've improved, haven't we? We're, we seem to be better. I mean, Liverpool obviously still a very dangerous team. But I thought we rode out the bits that we needed to. We rode out the storm. And then in that second half, I thought we were really good. Last half hour, we were the better team by a distance, I would say. And the first hour, they definitely had the better of it and we weren't creating anything. But it wasn't like, it was quite a different performance to that first game of the season where they had loads and loads of chances and they were carving us open. That wasn't particularly happening. It, most of the problems we were causing ourselves with giving the ball away in key areas or just pass, like, p- passing straight to them. The goal they scored, Melier came out for it when he maybe shouldn't have bothered and it was just because Harrison was a bit a bit asleep and someone running behind him. It wasn't it wasn't like they, they did it with a brilliant bit of football. Stuff went wrong defensively for us, I thought, as much as anything. And and they were highlighting on Sky the amount of touches they had in our box. But they didn't lead to a great deal, did they? I thought the goal was a great bit of football. Defensive errors aside, the only good bit of it was Melier coming out to try and stop it from our point of view. But then um, that pass was superb. You know, we were only inches off the marking and Jota pinged it absolutely through. Um, I wonder if we got a bit more caught in the occasion than Liverpool in the end. I think trying to um, wave the T-shirts in Liverpool's face quite as much was probably a wrong move from many perspectives, but the key one being that they came out wanting to stick it right up our bollocks. And it was it ended up being our players who had probably been more putting the T-shirts on, looking at the protests going on around the ground, doing all the the bits about that while Liverpool just kind of threw the t-shirts in the bin and went right let's go and get into these bastards and and show them it's not our fun you know Milner is is now quite there saying he he has absolutely no interest in playing in a, a Super League so why he should then be been bothered with the t-shirts about it it's kind of here or there Liverpool as a an entity or a, a group of players it's like two different Liverpools there tonight one that doesn't particularly exist because it will be going away and then the players who were wearing the shirts who, you know, just, it's Jim from Horsbeth. <laughs> don't, don't bother Jim with the, with us. But I think that maybe um, gave them a bit more punch coming out. And you've got to remember that our lot have come out of the championship. Their lot have come out of Champions League finals and have handled the pressure all the way to, to winning a championship and um, probably a bit more able to, to internalise what has been going on over the last two days and use it as fuel than our comparatively inexperienced bunch because we did just look kind of not sharp not 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 with it not together and um and the goal is probably a, a good example of that where it's just kind of not not quite there it was a very championshipy team though wasn't it i mean going forward rodrigo and rafinha would make a massive difference in that in that game and we were without them it was the it was the championship team wasn't it essentially with Llorente mm. thrown into the mix so it's maybe no surprise that they were they were the better team but they weren't they weren't miles better. By it, any did, it didn't feel like, you know, on the opening day, it felt like we were going to concede every time they came forward. And I know like, so we had some hairy moments tonight, but it didn't feel like that today. It felt like it was a bit more balanced because we did still have some moments in that, that first half. I mean, there's like, uh, what was it, 20 minutes or thereabouts when Alioski fizzed that ball across. Um, I think it led to a corner. 
Uh, stuff like that. You know, Bamford had that chance as well where he should have hit it earlier a few minutes after that. Or do you, could he have taken it first time or did he need to shift his body shape? Whichever it is, he um, he missed that chance when he went through. And he needed to not kick it to the goalkeeper. Yeah. That was what he needed. He needed to kick it into the goal. And I was taking Michael's coaching tips over here, but it was it was that, uh, yeah, he I had to, some I choices. To, I need to have a word with Tyler Roberts actually tomorrow about that. He's finishing. The kicking it hard bit, he did that. But he didn't read the second sentence, did he? Not at the goalkeeper. Oh, Don't no. kick it at the goalkeeper. I see where he's fallen down there. It yeah. was a bit of a close your eyes and kick it, wasn't it? it I mean, he's not Harry Kane. Um, it's just frustrating for him because you want him to score, though, don't you? You're willing him to score, and he does so much right and then just lets it down at the at the final minute. Like he did that shot, we, we remarked on it during that game where he had that chance where he opened out his body um, and Alisson saved it. And it was very reminiscent, I think it was of the QPR when they were in the colourblind mint green kit and he side footed that one home, didn't he? I think it was that game. The, um, the XG tonight, 2.84 to 1.49. Well, Although it does seem to have counted the cost of chance at the far post where he put it over and I'm pretty sure he was offside for that. So Because the flag went up, it's, yeah, it didn't work. But um, yeah, then, then um, the one moment where you did want him to open his body up was the one where he just stuck his head down and twatted it and he went through on uh, uh, on Allison. But um, nice ball from Perveda as well to send him through. Let's um, let's give him a mention actually because I thought Perveda, he shifted the, the dynamic of that game somewhat when he came on. I was going to say we talked about needing Rafinha or Rodrigo to make the difference. Perveda did it. So we weren't that far behind Liverpool if bringing on Cheeky Ian can um, lift us to equalising and possibly winning the game. It was a great touch. I like Perveda a lot. He's just, he's too too fun for the world that Liverpool are trying to create. He did no business in a, a, a Super League. And he's clever with it. Like, he dribbles around and then the passes that he tries that he's not yet, I don't think, quite good enough to bring off are often quite inventive and you don't see them before he hits them. And then the one for, that he set up for Roberts was just great. I'm happy he's getting back in the team again. Those balls are good, yeah. He tries to sort of thread it in or he drills it in almost, doesn't he, into the channel in behind the uh, the centre-half, sort of between the full-back and the centre-half. Yeah, you don't see them coming. You have to try and look and see what he was aiming for, which is a good sign. Well, we saw it once with that Roberts chance, didn't we? And he tried it again not long afterwards, but it didn't quite come off for him. But you're like, oh, yeah, fair, fair dues for, for giving it a uh, giving it a was. Felt a bit sorry for Bamford hitting the bar as well. That was a nice chance. The way he took it down was good. A bit unlucky. He was a bit unlucky all night, was Bamford. I thought he was, I thought he played, actually played pretty well. He's been the post-match spokesperson as well, pointing out that um, a lot of this energy around uh, potentially um, financial matters would also be useful on subjects like racism if we wanted to uh, to to use all the the protests and everything that's being um, being generated. So he's he's not missed his chance to uh, to say something good, although he did miss his chance twice <laughs> in the game. And then eighty five minutes. Nice to see the less spotted Pablo for once, um, at least to come on and, and see a little bit of him before he obviously goes. Let's not remember him this way. <laughs> Let's remember him when he was good. Yeah, passing it straight out for a, a goal kick on, on one occasion. That's about all I can remember him doing. But I'm sure he can be know, good again. To be fair, he was, he was looking for the runner that just wasn't there, the, yeah. the overlapping runner. And and virtually no time to do anything either. It's It was unfortunate that he... I was, I was kind of thinking it's set up for him to come on and, and get an equaliser over there when he came on the pitch, but didn't need him, did we, in the end? Because um, Andy Hinchcliffe's favourite player was there to nod it in off the corner. He's so relentlessly negative, is Hinchcliffe. I mean, you're a negative man, Michael, but in a sort of kind of cheery, pessimistic way. Whereas Hinchcliffe, I mean, imagine 
living with that. Imagine being his kids. Thing is, I do recognise that good things happen. I just think nothing good can last, which yeah. is a different perspective to Hingecliff, who watches a game of football. I mean, I don't know what he would what he would want from a game of football because he think, he seems to think both defending and attacking should be perfect at all times, and that will just result in a. I don't know. Is that does that give loads of goals or no goals? If it needs to be defended in particular, he seems to think it should always be better. Yeah, and that he was criticising Llorente on a few occasions, but then he did some brilliant things when he was bringing the ball out of defence and spraying passes around. Just completely brushed over it. Just sort of <laughs> went. I mean, yeah, he did Harrison it. now on the left with it. And you think, well, what about the bit? That... One bit where he's done the Cruyff turn on the edge of his own area what? and beaten two men. Yeah, yeah, what about the bit that got us there? You fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway. You should have uh, you should have played the man there as well and gone for his chin. Just well, criticised his big chin, but Yorente, um, yeah, it was it was fun tonight. He had these occasional bomb scare moments, but it's part and parcel of the risk taking football that we play occasionally, isn't it? And he was most times dead good with it. He was a bit more like he was before he got good. Remember the first games when he? That's what I mean. He was fun. He was he was fun. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't count for so much because there wasn't a great deal at stake tonight. No. For us, anyway. Still don't want to see him doing it. But pinpoint header to equalise. Thought he directed that one very well. Like watching uh, Lee Chapman at his best, guiding that in off the top of the crown of his head. As an expert in finishing, Michael, what, what's your take on his header? It was good. Yeah, Headed it where the keeper wasn't, into the ground, so it didn't go over the bar. Very sensible. Mm-hmm. It's easy to head it over the bar from corners. Just ask Liam Cooper. He specialises <laughs> in that. In that, It was a good chance, but just, just a yard over. But yeah, it was nice for him to get a goal. Finally, and our defence does look better since he has been since our seventeen million pound centre back has been regularly playing. We've improved, which is strange, isn't it? Given earlier in the season when everyone was saying what a shambles we were, and we didn't have any centre backs. Yeah, now we've got some. There was no Cooper there. Those two tonight, arguably, are the second choice in both positions, aren't they? I think it's um, Cooper and Cock still considered to be the the first choice pair if they were both available. So sticking our reserve. Centre-backs out against the mighty Liverpool as they still just about can be known. I mean, it's just an honour to be on the same pitch as them, isn't it? We should be grateful for the chance. I thought Stroke did pretty well as well, actually, overall. Did some quite nice passes out the back. Defensively, I don't think he's quite as good as Cooper all the time. He seems to, I don't know. The whole thing felt a bit, just a little bit sloppy though tonight at times, didn't it? I mean, and that's you've got to give credit to Liverpool for how good they are and pressing us in the right areas and all that shit. Yeah, I don't so. give him any credit. No. Fuck him. It's such a weird game, this. I, I feel like I didn't Do you watch... feel a bit deflated? Yeah, I feel like I didn't watch it properly. Yeah. I feel like I was just... I don't know. I've spent 24 hours just reading really miserable stuff on, on the internet about how this is all going to work and it all sounds terrible and what's going to happen. <laughs> and now now it's like, oh, there's a game on, by the way. The season's like still got six or seven games left. And you're but, like, well, you know, but I, I was, what's the point? I was a bit um, maudlin about the whole thing. And then... Today, I just had a bit of a word with myself and I thought it through. I went for a swim today for the first time in over a year. It was nice. It helped. And when I was swimming, I just thought about this. I thought, even if the worst happens here and they do leave and the whole football system collapses, which is what you're afraid of, I'd still go. I'd still enjoy it because Leeds would still be there. Yeah, that's one of the strange things about this. As a Leeds fan, I'm kind of worried about the whole thing, but I think I'd feel worse if I was a Liverpool fan today because it's because you lose everything don't you I mean I know we take the piss out of such a special club and all that which you know they're not now um, but you completely lose the soul and the identity of the club at least the people who are in charge of us right now seem to get it I mean Liverpool have lost that now already until FSG go 
they're fucked. Because there's no way, there's no climbing down, even if it doesn't happen, and there's no way, because of the way it's been delivered and the way it's been received, it's not going to be possible for Fenway um, to just turn around and go, oh, actually, yeah, we didn't mean it. It's It's gone past that point already. So if you're a Liverpool fan, the people running your club, you know now, it's all the, you know, everything falls away. You see them clearly as they are. You see what they want. You see what they're, they're driving anything about. And, you know, and, you know, refer to the, the women's team not being, getting into their training ground, not having a space for them. Redesign that whole thing. And that wasn't thought of, even though a huge part of their rhetoric is to say that we're, we're two teams and one club. That, so they've been banging on with that, and that's been one more. People's Club Moscow. Well, no, but se- but separate to that, saying that no, we have a men's team and a women's team, but we're all one club. Rhetoric, 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 and then they design a brand new training ground, spend millions on it, and there isn't a pitch for the women. And a lot of the Liverpool fans, that's been one of the ones where they've gone, that's that's bollocks. That's but you've been you've been saying all this, and you do this, and now this is kind of like the final denouement where you see, yeah, they are just all talk, they're all bollocks, and they're they're not running the club that Liverpool fans. One, which is a special club and all the kind of aggravating things that, that go along with it, but they're not getting, they're not going to have the club that they want, and they know that now, beyond any doubt. They're either going to have an absolute crock of shit, a joke parody of what their football club used to be on this Disney-fied Super League crazy town thing, or they're going to be cranking along still in the Premier League with a bunch of owners they hate managing, well, running employing a coach if Klopp stays through all this who isn't interested in this with players who are all upset with it the whole thing just is completely off course so I think yeah Liverpool fans have probably got it um, and the fans of all those clubs have have got it quite hard um, out of this I think you're right that even if there's a a climb down from this you never trust anything to do again it's the same as it's the same as Bates sort of during the admin essentially saying well Leeds can shut down then if I don't if I don't get to keep it I don't want anyone to have it and you after that point you think oh okay so you've shown you've actually shown what you've you've shown what you're all about there. you have shown your hand and we don't forget it'll be they will yeah. be crawling back after moving in with the secretary won't they if the owners have to go back and go sorry you, you are a special club and I'm sorry for the thing I did I'm back now yep it's fine isn't it it's all gonna be fine we've forgotten about the thing that I did <laughs> yeah it's everyone are you still going on you're still mad about the thing aren't you okay Right. Well, well, we'll we'll see. We definitely won't do anything like that again until we have the opportunity to. Then we definitely will. That's why it does feel like there's going to be something in terms of punishment or not at least caving into the clubs and giving them the the kind of power and, and money that they want. UEFA did vote through its Champions League revamp today, which, to be fair, does look bollocks. I mean, it's a shambles. Awful. Can't pretend that that UEFA are. are any good at any of this, but the one thing UEFA have is qualification for competitions and promotion and relegation from um, competitions. So, and as long as we can still have that to cling to, there's still the opportunity to change things because nothing could change in that Super League once those um, 12 founders, they want 15 in the end if they could convince three more, are in place because the Juventus chairman is, is running it. So it's never going to be reformed with the the Premier League. The Premier League board is made up of the the chairman, um, maybe one day women of the football clubs, and they're all meeting tomorrow without those six to decide on a future course of action. So there is that, the new people in the room. We heard when, um, didn't Angus Kinnear get applauded in when Leeds were 
promoted and the Norwich person had to get up and leave. Um, but they do that as Andover. So there is that opportunity when clubs come in, if Brentford come up and their um, owner is involved, somebody with new ideas, things can change in the league that we have, rubbish as it is. But once it's locked down to 15 in charge of everything, that's where the, the uh, don't forget project big picture that was um, a domestic attempt at a very similar thing where you've got, wasn't it the, the top six would have the voting rights that the other 14 would have no um, ability to intervene on. They would get to decide all, all the big things because they didn't see why a team like Norwich who comes up and goes down again should have spend a season having their say. So the shitty as UEFA and the Premier League are, there is still the potential there to, to open. It's something we've not, Bielsa has spoken about um, this and he kind of touches on UEFA's role. He says, of course it causes harm to football. This shouldn't surprise any of us. The stronger powerful teams feel they have most influence in generating revenue in football. Logically, when the rest of teams are no longer necessary for them, they take privilege in their own interest and forget all of the rest. There are structures who should have put limits on the excesses of the big teams and anticipated this. And uh, the importance now is the protection of the fans. So he's kind of saying, you know, why are you UEFA, why are the Premier League creating situations that allow this kind of thing uh, to happen? The real owners are the ones who love the badge. This is going to generate a huge amount of polemic. Let's see who talks in defence of the fans. The important thing is the protection of the fans. If there is an imbalance between prioritising business interests and supporters' wishes, it should be towards those who love the game. Thank you, Marcelo. Yes. Quick heroes and villains run through then. Villains. I mean, just to seal it for Bielsa, his last saying is some teams are bigger, but they should be conscious that we need each other. Beautiful. He's right. He's mm. always he's always right, isn't he? It's a relief because if he'd come out and said, I'm all Actually, for it. Yeah. Sounds good. Like, Super League right, sounds me. fucking great. Those protesters, <laughs> morons and dissidents and sick bots ruining the uh, build up to this game. Right, go on then. Heroes and villains quickly. Uh, I thought Phillips and Ailing were both good. What about Bridget Nielsen, our left back? Yes, with the, the grey. Is it grey now, his hair? Uh, I would say. Another Gen Z reference there. It's beautiful. Yeah, he had um, some interesting squeals as well, didn't he, tonight? Olejowski, you could hear them. And I thought Ailing did very well over on the right. I enjoyed him a lot, and I enjoyed him laughing at with Andy Robertson when I think he just won a free kick or something. He's just Luke Ailing is what football should be. He's just enjoying it. He knows it's a knockabout. He's trying his best, and he's really good. But he also just thinks, well, it's just football in it. He's just got that sort of a vibe about him, which which I enjoy a lot. There was um, Melier with the the loudest. Shouts, <laughs> I've yet heard. It wasn't even from a, a corner, was it? He was coming out for the, the ball. Um, I think they should just mic him up fully. Melly had a strange game, didn't he? I mean, I, I thought he was slightly at fault for the goal. I know you, you didn't think he was, but I did enjoy his Superman punch over the goal as well when he come for that corner and missed it. But then he got back in position and as it was sort of probably just about dipping under the crossbar, he came charging back, didn't he, and punched over. It was quite enjoyable and he kicked it to Mo Salah at one point. It was a a mixed bag for him tonight. Villains. Are we just doing Liverpool? Mo Salah. No. Trampling all over uh, Llorente, didn't he, right at the end of the game? Yeah. Didn't they didn't slow it down enough. If VAR had kept looking at that and slowed it down some more mm. and gone attempted murder. And gone from a few more angles. They could have they could have talked the ref into a red card there, but they just showed it once and went, ah, probably fine. Klopp for consistently missing the point and trying to turn it onto um into a Leeds versus Liverpool thing. He after the game has said 
The owners care about us, but have not involved us in the process. I have nothing to do with it, nor the team. Leeds fans were shouting at us when we went for our walk, but we are not involved in this. Well, Liverpool fans were also shouting at you. That's the fucking point, is it's not along club lines, this, and I know maybe, I mean, this is not the reason why the, the t-shirts kind of, when you're taking the moral high ground, you can't give away an inch of it. And I feel like putting the t-shirts in their dressing room has kind of given Klopp the chance to kind of go, oh, they're picking on us, which he didn't, he's, he's got some, he's got a thread to pull out there that um, it would have been better not to let him have, but it's not along club lines. Fans from all different clubs came to um, Elland Road to shout at Klopp. And, you know, whether he likes it or not, he's wearing the Liverpool badge. He is representing Liverpool Football Club. He is paid by Fenway Sports Group. If they're not telling him things, then that's his problem. And it is, I, I would have some sympathy for him in that situation, not having the answers. It's a bit like when um, we, Chilino used to send managers out and, he, and they were having to answer questions about what Chilino was up to. It's that it should it should be the owners of the clubs that should be answering all these questions, and they are in a sense hiding behind Klopp. But you know, Bielsa is not hiding behind anybody. Admittedly, he's not involved, but he will have his say about these things, and um, and of course he's going to get asked about it. And of course, it's not a fucking Leeds versus Liverpool thing. It is tough because I was down there, Ellen Road today, and people were shouting things at the coach, and he was directed at Liverpool as a football club. I can understand why if you were leaving that coach and there's people singing, you're a greedy bastard. You're thinking, well, it's not, it's not me. I'm just like Liverpool. Oh, I'm, I'm just sure like, not. I'm just like oh, Liverpool's reserve on. goalkeeper. No, but but everyone, every, no, everyone understands that's it. What, that's what I mean, though. You've it's, got they need to understand that they are the the most obvious visual representative representatives. When they're saying you'll never walk club. alone, you know they're not. They didn't write that song for Trent Alexander-Arnold. He happens to be wearing the the shirt of the club that they sing the song about. So. Um, it's intellectually dishonest to pretend that you don't yeah, understand it what, it's, what it's about. Yeah, Michael. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm dishonest, yeah. intellectual, I'm, sick of it. I'm suggesting that the players. I can see why the players would think, well, this is nothing to do with us. But then they need to, they need to recognise that. Well, who else are you going to yeah, shout? You, at? you might not want it to be about you, but it is because you're wearing the badge on your chest. Exactly. Right. Let's wrap it up there. Then we'll return with the main show, recording it on Wednesday. Look out for propaganda. I've got a feeling that might be uh, interesting. We'll record that on Wednesday ahead of the main show as well. Although I was listening to Arsenal Fan TV and Stretford Paddock to see what they had to say about all this stuff. And they were, it was, it was like it entered a different world. It was all really sensible and somber for a change. It was. So they can do it. Yeah. Bizarre. Very strange. So I don't know what the Scousers are up to, but we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully a, a last minute equaliser will get them back onto some conspiracy theories or something. We'll speak to you later in the week. See you in a bit. The Match Ball. 